Hey everyone, and welcome into the Tuesday podcast of the San Pedro FIFA League. I'm George Sello. Of course, I'm going to catch you guys up on everything with D2 and D1 to start this podcast. And then I have two questions to answer at the end. I'll get to those. I asked uh, you guys to ask me anything you wanted about the San Pedro FIFA League, and they are going to make an appearance on the podcast. Of course, there is a lot that goes into those things, and usually I was ex- I was hoping that more of you would get involved, so I encourage that in the future. If you don't really like our stuff with the way Instagram's algorithm is, and I don't post as often, you will rarely see the San Pedro FIFA League pop up on your feed. So I will try in the future to post more stories. Therefore, I end up at least on your stories. And I know how that all works. Sadly, it's really annoying. But it is part of the, the way they do things. And on Facebook, I will let it be known that I put a Ask Me thing up just so you guys can get involved. And I will even put the poll questions there from now on as well as Facebook. As for now, let's get into the D2. Not a lot has changed since I last talked to you guys about this division. Young Boys Fiorentina still sit 1-2 and two on 21 and 20 points respectively. Celtic in third with 16. Arsenal 15. PSG with 13 but only in 7 games. Benfica with 12 on 8 games. And Atlanta United now sit in 7th with 9 games played. 9 points earned. Munich in 8th with 8. Atletico Madrid in 9th with 8. Fluminense in 7th but only 5 games played. Or excuse me, they have 7 points but only 5 games played sit in 10th. And then in 11th and 12th is Man City and Club Leon, both with seven games played on three and two points, respectively. At the end of this week, it is the 25th of me recording this. Currently, Atlanta United have the worst defense in the league, yet sits seventh. They also have a negative 17 goal differential, which is the worst in the division. Man City are in second in that category, with 27 goals allowed and a negative 15 goal differential. The highest scoring team is the team ter- currently at the top of the league right now in Young Boys with 26 goals, and they are followed by Fiorentina with 24. The team with the highest goal differential is the team currently sitting at the top of the table in Young Boys with 15. And the only team that has zero is Bayern Munich, and that's where I'm going to start. Bayern Munich have been really weird. I've given them a lot of credit over the last few months. Uh, I would say last month or so, that this team's going to come and it's going to happen. It looked like it was going to happen for a little bit with those two wins. It has crumbled since then. And in that little aftermath of crumbling, another team joined Munich on, a, on this same journey. Right? I had Munich being such a good progressive side. Okay, they could jump into the top four. All right, it's going to happen. I felt that way. Didn't happen. Felt the same way about Atletico Madrid. And both teams were really disappointing. So if I'm going to pick two for this week that have disappointed me, it's Bayern Munich and Atletico Madrid. I usually try and be upheaving very early in the podcast, but I'm going to get the disappointments out of the way. These two teams I expect to, to do really well. But Robert's defense has fallen apart. In eight games, he's now allowed 15 goals and only scored nine. This is the second worst offense in the league. And he's lucky. <laughs> he's lucky that he's been he was good for that little start of the season. As for Bayern Munich, 17 goals scored, 17 allowed. It's been middle of the road, and that's kind of where they are in Division 2. But I'm disappointed because Luis, I talked a little bit to him, and I don't know if he remembers this, but I talked to him in the preseason. You know, because I'm trying to get a gauge on these D2 guys. And he's over here 
I think I'll be fine. I think I'll be okay. And that's good confidence to have, just to say you're okay. And I have nothing wrong with that. But he said he was going to improve. This is a little bit more of the same from Bayern Munich. I am genuinely a little disappointed with Robert's progress. I thought he was finally getting something together. And after the second month, we are starting to get an idea of who's going to be leading at the very top. That third spot could still be in jeopardy, right? Four or five spots are still up for grabs. But if you want to be in the top six, you're going to need to do a lot better than 15 goals allowed in eight games. And same thing with Munich. It's the same amount of games. They've, they've been able to score goals, but they have not been able to stop them from coming in. And I think both these teams will look at the results that they've had. And they have not been consistent at the back end. And when they are, they can't score the goals to do it. There just has not been a balance to that team like we see in the top five, currently top six of these teams. And a team talk, uh, speaking of teams just outside that, that top six, Atlanta United. What an impressive month to step up. Didn't have a point to their name for a while there. Still has the most goals allowed. We're not going to forget about that. But nine games, nine points, now sits seventh, three wins on the year. And if I'm Mike, I'm looking at maybe one of the better turnarounds in the league. And I have to admit, this is something I, I was hoping one of the bottom three was going to rise up. And I hope it happens again next month. I hope maybe City or Lyon gets the memo like, oh, crap, I cannot be the worst team in this division. I cannot be seen as the team that is the worst in the league going into next season. I do not want that reputation. And if they hold that standard to themselves, I believe one of them will do that. And I do want to see Leon win a game. I don't. I hope they don't go winless. I hope they win one game because I want them to stay around. I want them to keep playing in this league. I don't want them to give up and lose confidence. I think there is a lot more to be desired there. But this is what's more mind-blowing of a stat. Club Leon has not lost a lot of games very by blowouts. If I told you right now that they have the best defense on record according, like, just in general, <laughs> seven games played, only eight goals allowed. I understand the competition's a lot weaker, and they've only scored two goals to go to that. But if you're doing the math in your head right now, they're only allowing just over a goal a game. And even though they're point zero something goal goals a game, um, for, you know, for them, it's still remarkable what the defense has done. So looking at it like that, I try and take as many pauses as I can. I've tied twice, five losses. Yes. That's frustrating, but let's not count out what they've done so far. Let's give them some credit for the fact that they play defense. And even though they have the least amount of points in the league right now, as far as division two goes, there's still potential for that to gain upon itself. And really quickly, before I cut to the D1 guys, you know, I, kept, I try and keep it as brief as I can. I gave you guys a long podcast last time. I'm going to refrain from doing that as much as I can. But in this case, John Luigi Buffon still leads the way with four. Uh, Kepa Rizabalaga still on three. Viviano on two. And then Kalinic, Pepe Reina, and Zach Steffen still at one. We have not seen an increase in clean sheets over the last... I would say month or so on just that category in general. A lot of you guys are just more so worried about pumping in the goals. That's a stat that 
is pretty evident when I look at the assists. When I look at the assists, a lot of it has not changed. Like Samuel Chukawize, he has five assists. He's only recorded one this month. He's second or tied for second with David Villa and Donnie Van de Beek of Fiorentina with five. The assist numbers have not been there except for one guy, and that's Rodolfo Pizarro. He has eight. And I know you guys play one less, less game a month, excuse me. But this is also because the lack of games that are coming in in D2. It is a little bit of worry if I'm the board or the commissioner. I really hope that this league gets get together and starts playing their games. As to round out that top five, Enes Barhidi from Atlanta United, Guiliano from Atletico Madrid, Iconi of Celtic, and Victor Moses of Arsenal are all tied on four. That's the end of those assist leaders. There's not, like I said, there's not a lot of that going on currently at the moment in D2. I don't know what's going on. Maybe just the playing styles. People prefer to just go heads up and try and score with one guy. Because we are trying, kind of seeing that, right? I'm kind of seeing that with the top five of your goal scores. Tied at five is Benteke and Konate with seven. Musa Marenga with eight of Fiorentina. Musa Dembele of Celtic has nine. He is tied with Kareem Benzema of Arsenal. But at the top, it's still Jamie Vardy, three assists, 10 goals to lead the way. He's the way I do my points. And I talked about it when I did the power rankings for the players, Jamie Vardy still steps away from all those goals, right? He can score all the goals he wants, but he still has assists. And the crazier stat that comes to mind here, Jamie Vardy is still ranked and he is one of the few players along with Musa Kanate and Rodolfo Pizarro. And I would even throw Donny van de Beek in there as well as the only players that have the potential or on pace to get 10 and 10. So that means 10 plus 10 or more goals or 10 or more assists. And they're the only two players right now that are currently on pace. And I would even add Casper Dolberg and let me not forget about him. Most of those guys are either on pace to maybe get close to it, but it, you guys don't play enough games in D2 to warrant something of that worry. As for, as for now, that's all I'm going to talk about on D2. But going on to the Friday podcast, just to give you a preview of what D2 is going to get, I'm going to talk about some of their results. I'm going to talk about potential results coming up. I'm trying to leave those two things separate from the standings and the stats. Uh, I think that's an easy thing to separate, right? Um, and I'm, I am trying to get an interview for Friday, just so you guys know. Don't think I'm forgetting about those things. I'm going to take a quick five-second break, then we're going to hop into D1 here on the Tuesday San Pedro FIFA League podcast. All right, guys, so let's get into D1. D1's pretty simple. We'll start with stats just to get them out of the way. Thomas Dracosha still at five. He leads the way, but Burnt Leno of Olympic Leonea has four. He is coming for him. Asmir Begovic, AC Milan, he's got three. He's tied with Hugo Uris of Liverpool and Alex McCarthy of Augsburg. Also joined by Real Madrid and Juventus goalkeepers uh, Vaklik and Pavlenka, excuse me, not the easiest names to say uh, as I'm trying to read off my script. Um, <laughs> but let's get to the assists, guys. And unlike D2, you guys clearly have a grasp on how to utilize your players a lot better. There's a lot more depth in this category, even though there is a king of the assists currently at the moment. And number one is Douglas Costa. He has 12. He's tied. He's got two people following him in Christian Eriksen and Bruno Fernandez of Wolves, who are tied on seven po- on seven assists. Nabil Fakir of AC Milan is tied with a monstrosity of players all the way from 4th to 10th. And I'll read the names. Mohamed Salah, Nicolas Pepe, Luka Jovic, Alex Awobi, Isco, Lorenzo Insigne, and of course, Nabil Fakir. The insane part about that 
is that if you look at their goals, specifically for Luka Jovic and Nicolas Pepe, they have eight to go along with the six ridiculous amounts of assists they have. And you see what kind of complete players they are. As for Bruno Fernandes, another notable on this assist list, he has five goals to go with his seven assists. He's been a very important player to what Wolves have needed over this last month or so to climb up into the top four race and are clearly very engaged in that. Um, that's something I talked to Andrew about over the last week or so we were talking, and he genuinely believes that he can do it. He did beat Manchester United. I'll get into that in a bit and what that means. Excuse me. Um, but let's get to the top 10 goal scorers, right? Luka Jovic, he's also tied with um, Guides of AC Milan, Nicolas Pepe, and Timo Werner of Manchester United at 8th. Holding down the spot by himself is Lionel Messi of Lyon. He's got 9 goals. Immobile with 10 at 7. Havertz with 11 Tied at 12 is Balotelli and Harry Kane of Tottenham Hotspur. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has climbed this list miraculously all the way to third. I believe he was, what, seventh or something last week. So he's climbed all the way, and he has that third spot all to himself. CR7 at 15 goals. He also has an assist to go with that. But right now, the king of putting the ball in the back of the net is Romelu Lukaku of the Houston Dynamo. 17 goals, three assists. To me, he's been the most important player. And if I get to have a vote right now, he is my player of the season. And for the first reason, I would say it's very easy to score goals with really good players. And I'm not saying Lukaku's a terrible player, but how many of us would rather have Ronaldo, Aubameyang, Harry Kane? I think Balotelli, that's up for debate. Or Messi. You know, like who would you rather have? I think most of us are going to say those names before we bring up Romelu Lukaku. Let's not forget, Houston only has him for one season. Because he doesn't think, and I talked to AG about this, I talked to him in person about this as well, he doesn't think he's going to have enough funds to bring him in. And this is definitely something you can do if you're Houston and say, okay, Lukaku, win us a chance to be back in D1 this year. You'll go back to Newcastle, he'll probably be in D2 depending on if Newcastle can recover from that. And I'll get into all the standings in a bit, but it's blowing my mind how good he's been with so little potential to stay on this team. You're looking at the rest of that Dynamo team. They need the money. They need to stay in D1. So a win, a Lukaku could be an important player in the future for Houston Dynamo in the sense that they're going to bring them in money or bring AG in money that he could use for other guys, even though he will not be on the club next season and that's going to be up for debate if Houston can get the money for that we'll have to wait and see if he can get high enough in the standings to give himself a chance so as we head over to the standings Newcastle sits in all the way at the back by themselves three points 10 games played Porto just a spot ahead with 11 games played four points Dortmund on 12 games, 7 points. They are tied with Kashima Antlers, who have 2 games in hand. Atletico Nacional with 8 games played only on 9 points. And a very good spot to climb up, of course. Real Madrid and Houston Dynamo on 12 and 11 points, respectively, with both playing 12 and 11 games. Roma in 13th, 10 games played, 12 points. They are also tied with Tottenham Hotspur, who are only on 9 games, have a chance to climb up past Barcelona, who sit in 11th on 12 games and 14 points. That is rounding up your... Bottom half of the table. Onto the top half, LAFC, 10 games played, 16 points. They are in 10th, of course, sitting by themselves. They're in a comfortable position at the moment. 
but I'm sure they want to climb up and get into this top nine race. Everybody wants to be a part of it. Eventus with 18 points. They are tied with Manchester United. United have a game in hand. AC Milan on 20 points in seventh place. Club America in a very good pole position with games in hand above Wolves to climb past them. They are tied on games with Augsburg, but Augsburg having one more point for now. Wolves with 23 points along with Liverpool in what has been a remarkable start for six to seven teams in this league that I don't think we expected to be this good. Liverpool do have that game in hand and have a chance to really give themselves a chance to make it an isolated top three, maybe with the potential that Augsburg and Club America make it even tighter at the top of the table. As for the top two, Chelsea on 11 games with 24 points. They sit four points behind Olympic Lyonnais, who are at the top of the table with a record of 9-1-1, 30 goals scored, 11 allowed. A 19 positive goal differential that is the highest in the league. Chelsea are second, Club America are third. Speaking of Club America, their eight goals allowed is the best in the league. And the crazy part is, Olympic Lyonnais, as good as they've been, they have the second best defense currently in the league. As for worst goal differences, well, believe it or not, it's Porto, and with a game in hand over New... Or, excuse me, they've played one more game than Newcastle. It does leave room for potential that Newcastle can pass them, but it doesn't look likely at the moment. We'll see what goes on down there. But as far as the highest-scoring offense for now, it is Andrew and Wolf and, and the Wolves. We'll see what happens with Chelsea, Lyon. I don't think Liverpool can have the amount of goals to catch to 32 unless they put up eight in one more game, which is highly doubtful. As for Lyon and Chelsea, they score three goals. They will become the highest scoring offense currently in the league. Of course, this doesn't mean everything, right? Winning, scoring the most goals in a season is nice. It doesn't reflect on the fact that you may not win the league. Defense almost always ends up being the deterrent that leads to people winning the league. And of course, that's something that you guys have to recognize. Just because you have the best defense does not mean you're always going to win the league as well. We've seen this in the past with Roman. And dare I say myself, where I had the best defense in the league and I still found a way to blow it. There are things like that that happen all the time, random occurrences. But one thing you can't rule out, usually a team with the best goal difference is the best team in the league. And right now we see that with the top two teams you got to give credit to Liverpool for sticking around. He's five points behind in what is looking like a potentially epic end to our season if we have five, six teams battling it out for one spot. You know, when I update you guys each week and you guys hear these standings and I give my quick opinions and I'm not notably picking out games, that doesn't mean I didn't see the games or I didn't see the results. I just know that all of you seen him and I know that it's pointless to keep bringing them up. We do know the struggles of Lyon, if we're just going to talk top four real quickly, and who currently sit in that, even though seven of you have found a way to get 20 points. So give yourself a round of applause, because it's not been this competitive in this division like this. But for you top four, Wolves specifically, they're going to need to score the goals, because out of the top four teams, they have allowed 10 more goals than any of the other three that sit on that in the top four with him. The two teams below Wolves, 
not even close when it comes to goal difference, especially Club America, which is what they're doing is remarkable. And I'm going to try and keep a hold on the goals allowed and how that works as we go back. I didn't have time to sit here today. Unfortunately, the audio I had a pre-recorded a podcast for you guys already, and it did not uh, it did not sound good. I did not like the way it sounded, and I had to re-record. You top four. Once again, we'll move to the next team. Liverpool, twenty-four goals allowed, thirteen. Or excuse me, thirteen allowed, twenty-four scored. Contributions are coming from everyone, but we are not seeing the same Roberto Firmino at the moment. Coutinho and Cine have stepped up remarkably, and even some cameos from Asensio have helped that team. But if they are going to win this title, Roberto Firmino needs to come out of the shadows and start playing that 2020-type soccer we've seen. As for Chelsea, we know that Ronaldo is the key, but can these other guys step up? Can Dybala and Salah be catalyst type of players? Can Zaha be a factor? Because it looks like Chelsea are going to need all four of their attacking spear in order to make that difference up. They slipped against Club America, and it's something that we cannot forget right now because it does give America a chance to potentially go into second. I'll get to that in a bit, but as far as Chelsea are concerned, their best path is to continue what they're doing and hope they can get further contributions from other players. As for Lyon, you're the top dog. The shooting percentage is something I brought up in a previous podcast. It has to improve. Other than that, this team plays elite defense and scores at a high rate. As long as you have Douglas Costa, as long as you have Lionel Messi, the team will always be successful, even if it may not last for years to come. As for now, the best assistman sits on the best team in the league. One of the best defenders in Jose Jimenez sits on this team in the league. And right now, one of the hottest goalkeepers in the league is on Olympic Lyonnais. So all signs are pointing good for Lyon. Chelsea are right there hungry to retain or regain that title. Liverpool are the new guys that don't know what the hell they're doing at this party, but they're going to have a good time anyways. And Wolves are the drunk uncle that just drinks because he has nothing better to do. Or is that Daniel? I get them confused sometimes. Regardless, on to five and six really quickly because Augsburg and AC Milan have been great. Not great enough to jump into the top four just yet, but both teams are playing really good defense. They're not scoring at the highest rates, of course, right now that Lyon, Chelsea, and Wolves are doing, but they're playing defense, and that's what's kept them relevant. I hope this stays the same. I hope it continues because Club America are on a pace to probably shatter the lowest goals allowed record in the league, and I hope they do it. I have to go back and look and see if that's possible. They do have to continue to beat the big teams. They did beat Chelsea. All of us saw that 3-2. to two. Those games have to keep happening, and they have to happen against Lyon. They have to beat Liverpool because they've been consistent. Liverpool hasn't had the best track record against the guys ahead of him currently. He's 0-2 so far. But he's beating everyone else around him, and he's keeping himself relevant in the league race. That's all that it takes and Club America have done the hard part. Now they have to beat other pe- the people they're supposed to. We'll see if that continues. Very quickly on to the bottom half of the table, specifically you 16-20 to 20 guys. Atletico Nacional has a very good chance to climb out of this troubled times, and we'll see if they can recover. I think another team to notif- notably talk about really quickly is Tottenham. Nine games played, 
three less than Barcelona, one win puts them ahead of Barca. If they can continue to stay hot, Tottenham can put themselves so far away from the relegation zone, which is probably the biggest improvement out of any team I've seen from year to year. We'll see if that continues. Of course, that's not guaranteed. But for Atletico Nacional, a team that's done the opposite of that and flipped the other way, there's so much there for him, right? <clears throat> the teams below Atletico Nacional, though, Kashima, Dortmund, Porto, Newcastle. As we turn our heads, slowly but surely, into month number three, how are these teams going to act? Will Ryan use the midseason tourney to turn his game around? Does Wayne rely on the fact that he's not going to be playing the best people next month? Does he need, after this month, does he need to guarantee that he can get through it? Can Porto Newcastle find any points anywhere? Porto's the worst offense in the league. Six goals scored with the talent on that team. And just like with Wayne, you got to almost start questioning. Is it time to start sending everyone away to make some money before you're out of here? You get to bring some players in, maybe some young guys that you know you could rebuild with, get guys maybe you could play with, or is it time to try and survive? Of course, month three is really when everyone starts you know, pushing the panic button if you're in the bottom five. And it's time to start shaping ourselves into what could be a very interesting title race and a very, of course, intriguing Bottom five fight. Who's going to stay out? Who's going to go in? We're all going to find that out once the season ends. But for now, if you're in there, it's not looking very good. We'll be right back. I'm going to bring up those two questions that I talked about, and then I'm going to get you guys out of here. Okay, so I got asked two questions over the weekend and I want to answer them real quickly. I put on the Instagram page the whole little ask me type of thing and any questions that you guys had for the podcast. So I got asked, who do I think will win the seventh FA Cup? And do I think that it's better to have a variety of goal scorers or just one guy putting the ball in the back of the net? Let me answer the goal scorer one really quickly because I don't have all the time in the world right now. And if this podcast seems rushed, I am horribly sorry. I have so much going on right now, um, and I'm, I'm trying the best I can. Um, but I'm going to go with you need variety to score goals. We see what Leon are doing, right? Read between those numbers really quickly. Messi may be top 10 in goals, and Costa may be the best assist player right now in the league. But go and check their secondary numbers, right? Messi has assists, and Costa has goals. Everybody is contributing on a certain level. And to me, when everybody's scoring goals, it means that the team can trust everybody. And that can backfire. Don't get me wrong. There's negatives to that. You don't have that one guy you trust more than anyone. But I think in the particular teams that do it, like United, and I would even put, you know, Liverpool in there along with Wolves, you know, obviously those guys in the top four do it. But look at the teams that do it, right? Manchester United, no one expected this, right, to be the best D2 team after last year. Timo Werner and Gabriel Jesus both score goals. They have input that adds, that makes the team get natural depth. The midfield now 
gets to play a little bit freer because now you got to worry about two guys who could pound, you know, could put the ball in the back of the net, and you're terrified of them. A team like Club America, who 23 goals this year, what I like has an attacking three, four guys that constantly you have to worry about. Augsburg, same thing. It works, and when it does, the results are intense. It leads to winning titles, in my opinion. When you have the individual and you're a bad team, kind of like Dynamo, it keeps you alive, right? If you're Tottenham, it improves your form, even though Erickson's having a great year so far, along with Harry Kane, who's already took home a player of the month. We'll see how that goes for those players, but that's what I'm saying. One or two guys maybe isn't enough, and that's probably why those teams are where they are. Kashima Antlers, they got a two-man, they got a nice duo there, but they need the third guy to add to that, to make it a dominant trio. That's not there right now. That's why they're in 17th. I'm sure there's other factors, like defense, that affect a lot of your guys' teams. Look at a team like Porto, and I'm not trying to rag on Luis. I love Luis. But you look at the talent you have on that team, but the goals don't go in the net. I don't care how much talent you have. If you cannot score goals, you're not going to win games. And I personally am always going to take more than one or two goal scores if I can get it. As for who I think is going to win the FA Cup, well, I jokingly put, well, it's not going to be you. And I think you guys can figure out who asked that question. Um, and if you can't, well, I'm sorry you don't know me better. Um, that's not my fault. <laughs> As for uh, the FA Cup winner, you know, I, I had put this on a longer part of the podcast, but because they don't have as much time today, I'm just going to come out and say it. I think it's Club America. Yeah, in 10 games, 8 goals allowed. To me, that's enough evidence to think that he's going to be a danger and a threat to everyone. I do think there's some lower-end teams that I'm not talking about that could make a run. Like, I think Real Madrid could make a run. I think Kashima could make a run that people are impressed by. Do I think Manchester United could get in there? Yeah, I do. But at the, and at the same time, I know that they got to deal with the guys currently in the top four, five, six that are really good players, and they might even each other out. But I don't trust Wolves' defense in a cup. I don't trust that Liverpool has that Roberto Firmino factor working at the moment. So at the moment, I wouldn't take them, even though in cups they do remarkably well. Augsburg, good defense, threatening team, but they're not going to punch the goals in right now, and they struggle against weaker teams for some reason. As for Chelsea and Lyon, I do think, unless they run into each other, both could have the potential to make it to the final. But because there is a giant killer amongst the group in Club America, I kind of like their chances at the moment. And as I pick that and answer that question, that is the end of this podcast and the end of this, excuse me, the end of this Tuesday podcast for the San Pedro FIFA League. I'm George Tello. I know this end part seems so rushed, guys, and normally I try and give you guys all the time I can. If I had liked the way I sounded for the Monday recording for Tuesday, you would already have a podcast and you wouldn't have to listen to me apologize. Unfortunately, that's not how it always works, and I had to kind of rush home from work, throw this on here, and then I got to go do something else now. Um, but thank you guys always for listening. Of course, you send feedback to the Instagram at George William Tell. That is my personal, or to the leagues, which is preferred, at the San Pedro FIFA League. I am going to post something later. That way you guys can get involved and try and get involved as much as you guys can. 
I know, by the way, I did polls before. Only so many of you got those right. By the way, shout out to AG for actually knowing more than one answer, getting more more than one answer right. Um, just really quickly. And you guys, of course, will hear from me on Friday. That is going to be available at midnight. I try and do that every week for you guys if you haven't caught on. If you're interested in being on the podcast, of course, hit me up on those respectable um, on those, excuse me, those respectable social sites, uh, Facebook and Instagram. And of course, if you're a manager in the league, you can message me anytime. You guys have a wonderful week. Play your games, D2. Don't F this up for everyone else. If you're Club Leon, keep fighting. You're not the worst team in this league. I have seen so much worse than what's going on. Keep going. That defense is elite, I promise. As for the bottom five of D1, Make sure you guys handle business. David, you could climb out of 16th place, bro, and you can go up. As for Aaron, honestly, eat dog shit. Like, I hope you lose every game. Same thing with you, Daniel. Like, I just get get relegated. I want to play you guys next year. You guys have a wonderful week. Bye.